Big Question Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Big Question Podcast. Joining us today is Clunge Meister G, aka Clunge Gary. Meister G, Joining us today is In Need of Butt, in also need. known as Slut. <laughs> in Need of Butt. So exactly how in need are we? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> is this the driest spell of your adult life? Do you know? I think it may very well be. It's it's, it's weird because like I don't I don't feel I don't feel like I'm missing out. To be fair, I mean if that in exchange of dying. I mean you know I think I can probably make the distinction which one I would prefer to do. But like it is it is rather frustrating, I suppose. I mean it's and stop me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like in the before time in the long long ago. <laughs> the the pursuit of um the pursuit of arse candy was a very large it, it it took up a lot of your time i wouldn't say it took up a lot of my time like well it of... seemed it seemed like every single day of your life you were you were talking to dudes and a certain amount of them you may bone you know <laughs> next week or six months in the future and you were traveling around the world for that reason sometimes as far as i can tell mate <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not specific. <laughs> I like how, that, how you added the condescending, like, mate. <laughs> um, I've forgotten how to interact with people. I've been, I've been locked in my front, God, locked like, in my music cave for eight weeks. Sociopathic. <laughs> Silently judging me by use of condescending language via the po- the remote podcast. Hey, as I always said, I thought it was awesome. What? But it certainly did, you know, you know all of that stuff that, you know, I condescendingly said to you. I oh, always thought well. it was awesome. But it just seems like now you can't do any of that. What's the point in even, like, trying... Sh- What's the point in even talking to people if there's no possibility of sex? Well, it's true, and for that reason, I haven't really been doing it. In fact, I've been, like, very much judging people who've been wanting to. So what, what do you do with the 10 hours of your day you've got back? Um, I'm surrounded by technology, uh, and that so far is keeping me occupied, including some games, which I guess we'll, we'll talk about at some point. Well, we really should, because we've all got stuff to say about games. So, it's a gaming podcast now, isn't it? Basically. Well, there's nothing else to do, and like I said on the last podcast, there's no fucking news. Nothing no. is happening other than, you know, 10,000 people a day or something die of a virus that we're all trying to avoid. <laughs> it's, like, it's like 300, but yeah. <laughs> no, I'm talking worldwide, mate. Oh, is Gary, is Gary uh, one of those people that's a coronavirus denier? I'm not. No, no, no. Um, I, but <laughs> I don't even grow, know how to respond. Go, grow up, grow up, Pete. It is like a ninety-nine percent uh, recovery rate on this virus. It's no worse than flu. <laughs> not for Pete. Pete's in the like dangerous category of. I'm in the danger zone. <laughs> so let's get on to games then. So I have an X- I have Xbox woes. Oh no! Yeah. So what app on? Well, no, it's still working, but like it—it's gone from, you know, hearing a bit of fan noise to, it sounds like a jet about to take off all the time. Mm. And after doing a bit of reading up, it seems to me—it seems to be that the thermal paste is all fucked on the CPU, so I need to replace it. But like, here's the thing: there are no fucking shops to do that. So now, do I have to go do that myself? Mm. Now. You know, I am an IT professional. I used to build computers from scratch years ago, and I'd think nothing of it. And it doesn't look that complicated, but it just looks 
fucking fiddly. It doesn't. It looks less complicated than other consoles, but it still looks quite fiddly to actually do. But I'm, let I'm, me I'm, let go. me let me throw a curveball at you. Um, the Xbox Series X is out at the end of this year. I know that, but I am going to be donating the Xbox to my uh, my good lady because she's moving away from the Switch. Oh, okay. And it is so fucking loud right now. What is it going to be like in six months? And I, I was already definitely going to buy the new one. Yeah. Because I'm an idiot. I mean, the one I've got now is less than two years old. I'd buy buy one. <laughs> well, just throw it away and buy a new one. Well, if you consider the like the the money per hour that it will cost you to try and fix it, like the the opportunity cost of doing other more useful things. You can probably break even just fucking buying a new one, especially well, the, when the new one comes out and it, all the all the price like cuts in half. Yeah, but that's a good idea. I didn't think of that. <laughs> but also, just surely, like thermal paste is like fifteen quid. Yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying is, you, you have to do the research, which is an hour or two. You have to pull the thing apart and have a go at doing it yourself. You potentially cock it up and then have to have another go at doing it. Plus, you've got to get everything delivered. Like, is it really worth? Like, what are you, what are you saving, really? Especially for something that, um, if it's... Basically, the reason the fans are going, as you well know, is because it's starting to overheat. So the components are already fucked. Um, all you're doing is extending the life of this basically obsolete device anyway. So why not spend a hundred quid when the new one comes out, buy a new one, and then just fucking call it quits? And that's why you're poor. <laughs> I'm not poor. <laughs> that's, you deserve to be. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not, so I'm winning everything. <laughs> Have you just had like a massive pay rise or something in the last couple of years? Uh, no, but... Like, I wasn't poor to start with. Um, I've paid off a lot of debts in the last few years, which means I have a lot of expendable income now. Yeah, I've still got debts piled up from uh, when I was unemployed. Oh, shit. Yeah, I've still got six grand on a credit card. Why didn't... I take it you've balance transferred it? Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. sat on an interest-free. Yeah. Um, well, who cares then? It's not debt, is it, if there's no interest? Well, it's still debt, and I'd still rather... It's like 130 quid a month. Or it might even be more than that. But Wow. It, yeah, but I mean, it's it's not... It's, a, it's an amount of money that's small enough that if I don't think about it, I don't even really notice that it's missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'd still be nice to be £130 a month richer, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I got a few quid on a credit card, but, like, who cares? There's no interest on it, so just leave the minimum, just slowly tick down, and when it runs out, transfer it somewhere else. And well, if you die in the doing. meantime, even better. No but, one has to pay it. But I've been doing that irresponsibly for what feels like infinity. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm honest, over the course of the last 10 years, that amount of money is slowly going up. Even if, generally speaking, I never... I, like, I, like the credit card that it's sat on now, I have never, ever used that to buy anything. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even, I'm not even convinced I even know where the actual card is. Yeah. <laughs> probably the, the address that's registered to it, it probably lived there about 20 years ago. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, it's... But, so anyway, gaming. What are you playing, Rocky? Because I feel like we're going to spend a bit of time on Gary. 
Um, I'm st well, I'm still playing through the DLC of Assassin's Creed um, Odyssey, which is all right. Like it's just it's just taking forever, and it's you know it's pretty decent. But what I thought was the end of the DLC is actually just the end of part one of three. So I got to the point where I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> And I'd, I'd enjoyed it up to that point. DLC is like a sort of poison chalice, though, because like on one level you think, oh, great, you know, new, new shit for the, for the game. But, like, how many DLCs have you ever played which were, like, really, like, particularly different to the full original bit of the game? And right once you've put, chucked a couple of hundred hours into any game, you've kind of learned everything about the game and it's just a bit repetitive past that point, surely. This, the, you know, this this um, this DLC is pretty, it's pretty fun. Like it's it it rests on the premise that like so that you're in um, ancient Greece in the ordinary game, and then you sort of step into the more mythology stuff in modern Greece. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> mythology. Just... <laughs> Streets of Athens. Any, I can't get any money out of the cash flow. What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> uh... You have to find a bar in Athens. Yeah, why won't the EU give me a loan? <laughs> I need to save my people. Multiple, multiple people just protesting, uh, <laughs> not not getting any money out of the cash machines and just generally being on strike. Yeah, so that's pretty much the DLC. <laughs> um, no, it's, I mean, it's all right. Um, but I'm, I've been playing a lot of iPad games because I bought a case for my iPad. So I bought the the new... Um, Apple case that they released for the iPad Pro. Oh, oh, you're such a fucking hipster. Yeah, I know. Like, that's the, isn't that like super weird though? It's like really, really, really heavy because it has to be heavy. Because if it wasn't really heavy, the whole thing would be completely unstable because it's so weight, all of the weight exists in the screen. Yeah, I mean, it pretty much weighs the exact same amount as the iPad does. So I've now doubled the weight of my iPad. <laughs> But, yeah, but and like it's completely protected, and I also get a keyboard, which is you know pretty good because I can just sort of like alternate between what I'm doing and like reply to people. It means that I don't have to be sat on my computer as well because I can just you know like download Teams and do my emails and stuff. So it's um it's making my no life that a bit that easier. is awesome. Like I I would like one, but also like they're a grand. Uh, so no it's... no no they're oh you mean the iPad. Well, yeah, the no, but the I, I want a new iPad. But if I got a new iPad, I'd really want the kind of keyboard mechanism as well. Yeah, you'd spend over a grand but, if that were the case. Mm, but I actually want a new guitar more, so I'll probably do that instead. Don't you have? Like, I don't have enough guitars. I was going to say you have like five, don't you? Uh, I've got seven. Oh. But um, so the story basically is: um, many years ago, about about ten years ago now, actually. I sold uh, a guitar that I bought very, very cheaply. It was like a Japan, made in Japan Fender Jaguar. Like, you know, not a nice guitar, but like not like a, like I've got, a, I've got an American Les Paul, like that was two and a half grand. It's like, it, it cost me like 200 quid to buy this thing. And it was, it was a great guitar and I used it. Or it was like my main guitar and I used to play in this band called Ash Mountain, which is still going and still pretty good. But... Um, I sold it when I was coming down to London because I was just trying to sort of downsize all my, stu my stuff. And I just, I regret it to this day selling that because it was such a brilliant guitar. So I want to buy a new one. But in the subsequent like eight to 10 years since I sold it, 
they don't cost 200 quid anymore. They cost like 800 quid. And no, the, it used to be that you could find these bargains on eBay and now everyone knows the value of everything. So you've just got no fucking chance. So basically you sold it to make some money, but now you've ended up losing almost triple of what you got for it, probably. Well, I bought it for 200 quid and I sold it for a little bit more than that. Oh, okay. But maybe 300. I don't remember the exact sum. And in the subsequent time, the value of it has gone up to more like 800 quid. And I, I, but I've always regretted selling it because it was actually a fantastic guitar. Just at that particular moment in time, I wasn't playing it. And every time I sell musical stuff, I regret it. And more often than not, I go buy it again. There's pedals I've bought like three or four times over the years because I'll use them for a bit, get bored of them, think, oh, I haven't used this for a year. Oh, I'll sell it. And then a year later, I'm kind of thinking, oh, I missed that sound. Why can't I have it? This is why you should never sell anything. (laughs) Well, true. But, you know, you live in London, so you don't have a lot of space. I mean, your place is is pretty sizey, but like if you just didn't sell things, you just wouldn't have any space. Well, there is that, but at the same time, you just buy things strategically. Anyway, the whole point of that is, the whole point of that diatribe is, I actually would quite like that iPad configuration with the strange keyboardy kind of thing. It actually looks quite intelligently done, but fucking hell, it's expensive. It's, it's too expensive for what it is, even though, actually, I really quite like iPads as a device. Yeah, I agree. Although I am using it way more than my Mac right now, which is why when I was trying to connect to the podcast and it said that I couldn't, I was a bit pissed off. Yeah, I'll ne- but that's weird for me. I've said this many, many times. Like, I'll never quite understand how you could ever use, how you could ever sort of pick using a device over a laptop. They just feel so much more natural to use for me, which is how I know I'm old. Well, true, I, but I suppose I'm not doing, I'm not like... I'm not the one editing, I suppose. It was just more about... Oh, well, I wasn't even in. thinking of that. But I was just thinking the kind of just basic having 10 tabs open in a browser and flicking back and forth with, like, Word and WhatsApp and stuff like that. It's the, it's the ability to multitask. Um, it just doesn't work in as good a way, even though they've, had, they've improved it significantly over the, few, the years where you can kind of have a dual screen thing going on on the iPad now, which is quite cool. It's still not as natural as just having different windows open that you can just kind of flick back and forth from. Yeah, agreed. Um, but I like it anyway, just because it's kind of tiny and the screen is amazing. Yeah, I gather that. Uh, oh, actually, I've seen yours. It is really good. So, so anyway. Games. Um, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll update mine. So I am still playing Fallout 4. I've now chucked 50 or 60 hours into it. What, um, your money's worth then? It's fucking good. It, it is. It, I mean, it's on one level, it's like a five-year-old game, so, like, it just doesn't... It doesn't... The last game I played in any meaningful way was, like, Resident Evil 2. Um, not Resident Evil 2, um, Red Dead Redemption 2, which is just a gorgeous-looking game, and this is nowhere near as nice to look at. And, it, like, on one level, like, it's quite clunky the way the, you interact with the characters. It isn't really very smooth. They interact with the kind of non-player characters. But at the same time, it's massive. 
and there's lot, you know, it has everything I need in a game. The ability to wander around and do fuck all, <laughs> the ability to grind, the ability to do completely weird ambient tasks like scrapping stuff around you, but also has a story and is kind of interesting and stylish. It's good fun. Um, I don't, I honestly don't get, I mean, you have, you're scared of magic and dragons, obviously. So that's, that's one thing. I'm terrified. Like, I have nightmares the, about it. The, the, the absolute 100% granddaddy of these games is Skyrim. Um, and like, I, I know that you can't play it because swords freak you out, but it's, it's just, the, they're big metal penises and I'm scared. Yeah, it's, it's just, I, I, it's just so weird to hear somebody talk about like, oh, I really like open world games and then be like, oh, I haven't played Skyrim though, fuck dragons. <laughs> well, also like Lindsay did play Skyrim for about 800 hours. So I've seen every part of it. That's the thing. Like I think I, think I watched Harry play Fallout 4. I think is that is is it like it's post-apocalyptic? You can sort of like have to build post-apocalyptic Boston. Yeah, and you build up like a shack, and you yeah, can... exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I watched him play it. Like it's not bad. I, I but then uh, it got to the point where I was like, oh, I could start playing this myself, but I've watched him do about fucking fifteen hours, twenty hours, or something, and I'm like, no, nah, I don't think I want to do it now. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's a single game where I've ever watched somebody else play it through and then I've gone and played it. I don't think that happens. No, I don't enjoy it. I, 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 even though I spend minimal attention towards kind of plot and, and all that kind of stuff, I, I don't like anything to be spoiled. I, I, don't like, I don't like to see what you can do before I'm presented with it by the game itself, if that makes sense. Um, a, a great example of that is Batman um, Arkham Asylum, which is very, very linear. There's no open world, really. You just presented with um, almost just like room-wide puzzles of how do, you, how do you knock out all these guys and then grab the MacGuffin? Um, but as you go from room to room, slowly, you'll, as with all games, you'll, you'll progress. You're just like, oh, I've got a zip line now or I've got multiple Batarangs instead of just one and things like that. Um, and I wouldn't want to know in advance that on, like, level 10, I'll be able to get, like, a double zip line that I can jump between or something, because it'll just <laughs> ruin the game for me. It just uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I don't like watching... I don't mind being, like, a game supervisor with... Uh, with Karen and, and like if she's doing something and we just kind of play it together, but I wouldn't want to watch somebody play something for the first time and then not have a go at it myself. It just seems, it just seems rubbish. I'll just watch a movie for that. They're better directed. So what are you playing? And I already know the answer. So the real question is you are playing through the Assassin's Creed games in order. Yep. So, so you're allowed to play the most recent one, which is literally the most insane thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, well, <laughs> I, don't it's, know, it's I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, I don't understand why I'm doing it, but it's just like a mental block. But So I finished the first one, which was shit. Like, what an absolute piece of shit game. How old uh, was the first one? So it came out in 2008, I believe. 12 years old-ish. Um, and it's it, around it did, the, the same year as uh, Grand Theft Auto 04. Was it? Wow. Which well, whatever. still doesn't look, it, you know, it's, it, it looks dated, but it still kind of has a style to it. Yeah. So, so Assassin's Creed, as we know, it has like this weird like faux open world where you can, you can 
run about and piss about, but you can't really achieve anything. Um, you can, uh, in the first one, actually, you don't even have any kind of currency. So you can't buy and achieve things in your own time. You can just rock about and maybe bump into people or sit on benches, which is kind of wank. Well, um, they also, like, you can't, you can't run around without just being generally attacked. Yeah, <laughs> like, you hey, you, you're an assassin. You're like, hang on, I'm in disguise here. <laughs> I know. It's just like if... I'm sitting on a bench. Yeah, it's not a secret order. If everybody, every single fucking guard recognizes you in every single city, and you must have traversed at least fucking I don't know, fifty thousand kilometers by the time you've run back and forth trying to do all the stuff. That's unbelievable. And the 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 thing that it and um, spoiler, I've got to Assassin's Creed Two. Um, the thing it, that it and its sequel have um, in common is that the one thing about the game that it tries to present as this really really awesome unique thing in two thousand and eight. It is this like parkour, right? You can jump over rooftops and off chimneys and jump in hay bale, all this stuff. Like it's shit. It's so poorly executed. Like you. Sometimes you'll be like, oh, fuck, I've just landed in between all these guards. I need to run directly forward away from them and up that roof. And you press forward and he fucking jumps off a box immediately to his right into the guy immediately on his left. Onto his sword. (laughs) And you just get fucking bum raped by swords for like... 40 minutes straight because you oh, I don't know it's just so shit the control is so imprecise um, uh, so, I quite so I, enjoyed the Paris one I think maybe they sorted out the controls by that point the Paris one? That's, yeah there's one set in there's Paris there's a French one is there? The, yeah, yeah. There's, it's way late, later down the line um, it's about four or five years ago yeah so you've still got another five to five to seven years worth of Assassin's Creed's games to get through uh, let me have a look, let me have a look at my list here. Your list. Uh, there's Assassin's Creed Three is a Native America one. Um, Black Flag. Where's that set? That's it's not like Black Flag. That's, Caribbean, is it? That's the pirate one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's it. like three of them that are all like Unity. Must be Unity. Uh, yeah. It's it, the the theme tune. I remember being uh a lord <laughs> doing a cover version of everyone wants to rule the world i thought you were gonna like hum the theme. it goes like this so does steam tell you how long you've spent playing each game I don't have them on Steam. I have them on Uplay, which is the poor, retarded brother of Steam. <laughs> what? Um, I've never even heard of this. Is, what, is it what is Ubisoft's this? own version? Is it a little bit like um, Origin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's their own store that only has Ubisoft games on it. And it is. it used to be complete and utter bollocks. Um, like, it would literally make buying games and playing them harder than stealing them. Um, because you'd have to go through so many hoops just to get a game running. Uh, it's not so bad anymore. Although when I installed Assassin's Creed Brotherhood um, a couple of hours ago, it installed some random bit of software called Punk Buster, um, which is <laughs> stealing your credit card. <laughs> like, like some some kind of DRM from the medieval times, <laughs> um, <laughs> which stops you cheating in the multiplayer that nobody plays. I'm just like, well, why, why have you done this to me, you bastards? But yeah, so um, yeah, I don't know. So, so Assassin's Creed One, my review is piece of shit. 
Um, you to play the game and do the missions. Um, every single time you want to do something important to the plot, they say, "Ah, you have to get five of these MacGuffins first. And you, you're just like, well, "Why can't I just do the game? Why do you not want me to play your game?" Um, and they, well, you have to do it. So I, I persevered through that, um, and it was shit. Um, and then you get to Assassin's Creed 2, which is a little bit better, but it's just... So they strip out, in Assassin's Creed 2, they strip out all the stuff that means you can't progress with the plot. So if you want to go from and just mainline the entire game and not do any of the extraneous stuff, you can, um, until you get to the two um, what were originally DLC chapters, but, but come as part of the package now. So you can just mainline it. So you've got about 20 hours worth of game to just steam through. Um, and then there's optional stuff if you can be bothered, which I couldn't. Um, but then right at the end, chapters 12 and 13, they're just this really, really arduous shit. Um, and, I, and I sent you guys the screenshot. Um, so basically the, the missions are, um, they're called memories. And they're like, memory one, go and find out what's going on here. Memory two, I get a bit more depth on it. Memory three, kill this knobhead who was responsible for memory two and one. And you're like, okay, I, I get the kind of rhythm of this. Then when you get to memory 13, it goes, kill 500 of these fuckers. Uh, and each one of them is their own, like, independent, maybe hour-long session of, of working out how to get this guy and kill him. But it's just, they're just faceless non-player characters who are, who had no meaning beforehand and will have no meaning afterwards they're just in these really horrible quirky little situations so it's just oh, i don't know just having gone through the whole game and had like a really um, measured kind of progress through the entire thing they just stick up this massive roadblock and just go ah, do all this stuff it's gonna take you like four hours but you know crack on have a go <laughs> and it's just really frustrating to get there so close to the end and then just be provided with all this busy work to do. It's well, like you... if you do a project in work and you get right to the delivery date, but the day before somebody says, ah, you have to clean up every office in London. Like, this bears no relation to what I'm doing. I need, like, I need somebody to deliver some code. You're like, nah, yeah, but get your sweeping brush out. You've got to do this. When you were describing that, for some reason, what was going through my head when you said that you had to kill 500 non-player characters was I just had this image of, like, you know, being judged by St. Peter when you're going to heaven. It was like, but what if you were judged by all of the non-player characters in every single game? All the non-player characters that you murdered in every single yeah. computer game that you ever played <laughs> in your life. Jesus. <laughs> I, it's a pretty empty thought, if I'm honest, but yeah. it's just what, what, what I was thinking. Um, so does it tell you how long you've actually spent doing this? It doesn't, it's, sadly. It's been weeks I, now. When I get to... Uh, hang on. Uh, it's the more... So the, the early Assassin's Creed games um, on the PC, because I'm, I'm PC Master Race, obviously, they don't even have achievements. So you, you've no real uh, marker... You only no get real reason to play, really. Well, yeah, you only get achievements when you get to Assassin's Creed 3. Uh, and on Uplay, you only start getting stats when you get to Origins, I think. Um, or maybe Syndicate. Now, Syndicate actually will tell you how long you've played it for. So 
yeah, there's a long way to go before you realise how much time you've spent. I, I reckon probably about 35 hours between Assassin's Creed 1 and 2. Um, and half You've been of blasting that, through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half of that is busy work. It's like, um, you know, go and perform this menial task so I can allow you to play the game. It's just really frustrating. But um, I'm getting quite good at it, actually. <laughs> um, so, like, having having... Having had to accommodate the the poor controls of the parkour in Assassin's Creed 1 and 2, I think I'll be really fucking good when they improve the controls um, and, it's, and it's actually usable because running across <coughs> rooftops in Assassin's Creed 2 is just an exercise in humiliation and frustration. So I've got two things to say. Because um, I can't remember the Assassin's Creed games very well. Are, are any of the games have some element of like the need to grind in them because you'll never be no. a high enough level? I mean, I mean, the later ones do. They have um, RPG mechanics in them, so like level up and sub, oh, this this guy, this type of enemy is going to be too strong for you until you're level ten and you've got ability Z. Um, but that only happens later on, I think, because um, then you'll be playing them for a lot longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think because I think it it's 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 quite a long time before they introduce that though. Yeah, because I, I'm really fucking good at the counter mechanic now. I, I I got quite good at it within a couple of hours of playing the first Assassin's Creed. But now I am um, uh, towards the end of Assassin's Creed Two. I can quite happily take on fifty opponents at once um, and just. Hit them without taking damage now because it's. I've seen all of the attack animations and I've seen them in such a condensed experience that I just. I just know. Oh, I'll just press it now. There we go. He's dead. There we so, go. He's dead. There we go. He's dead. It's so, just so easy. So the other thing I wanted to say, which is maybe it would annoy me more than it would annoy you, but I've, we've talked about this more than once actually. How much I hate kind of tutorials in games. Yeah. Like the. Uh, Red Dead Redemption is terrible for it. It literally has eight hours or something of fucking tutorials before it really <laughs> opens the game up to you. Yeah. It's so, so irritating. And if you're playing them in such like uh, such a condensed period of time, you finish one game and, you know, as you were just describing, you're kind of shit hot at it. And then you start the next one and it's it just expects that you've never played this again. So it's like, have four hours of exposition, dick, yeah. mate. <laughs> Um, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like that in Assassin's Creed Two. Actually, there was quite a natural progression. Um, but Assassin's Creed One is really basic. You, you only really have fight button and and assassinate button. Um, the only really material difference was that you couldn't um, you couldn't s like snipe assassinate people with a throwing knife because in Assassin's Creed One, the only way to make killing people like the target tolerable was to jump up on a rooftop, wait for a minute or two until the person you're supposed to kill walks beneath you and you just chuck a throwing knife and they're dead. <laughs> it's just like, oh, well, you're kind of abusing the game mechanics a bit because you're supposed to jump in, get into the fray, fight off a few people and, and kill the bloke you're supposed to kill at the end. But if you just wait, until the guy comes within range, you just snipe him in one hit, and then that's just that's just it. That's the only reason I managed to get through Assassin's Creed One, but Assassin's Creed Two, you just do a little bit of damage to them, 
So you, you throw a throwing knife at somebody, it pings off, and then we're like, oh, fucking hell, he's up there on the roof. And then it all, the world comes and attacks you on this <laughs> fucking rooftop then. Um, and you've got to just wait there and counter them all to death. But yeah, uh, he's all right. Um, you, you're actually making me want to play it. All, um, all of this talk of it kind of makes me want to go back and play one of them again. As Rocky said earlier on, uh, on WhatsApp, Assassin's Creed 2 apparently is like the best of them. Um, I think it's a toss-up between Assassin's Creed 2 and Black Flag, depending on how much open-world shit you like. But, yeah, uh, it's not... Well, Assassin's we've established 2... that I like a lot of open-world shit. Yeah, but Assassin's Creed 2, the open-world stuff, um, it, it opens up maybe five hours in, and you get to go and go through, like, little tombs and do these, like, standalone little missions in caves and stuff. But it doesn't really contribute to you being more powerful. The only thing that contributes to like your character growth is is mainlining the quest. Um, and luckily, there's no barriers to do that. But there's there's a few times where you'll find yourself trawling through these these quest lines and jumping from exclamation point to exclamation point, um, and not really knowing why you're doing it or or whatever. You're just like, oh god, this is this guy happens to be the head of some organization who's just popped up from nowhere who was never mentioned before and i guess i've just got to fucking stab this guy um shit, it, it's not bad at all it, it's showing its age because you can see from a game design standpoint in assassin's creed 2 where you would throw in bonus activities to do that are then meaningful um the issue is that you can go and like pick up and go and assassinate some random person somewhere down the road down the road but you get so much money from just doing the main quest that there's no point doing it you're just wasting your time so yeah is it is not bad um the thing that i'm i'm least looking forward to is that there are there's another two games between assassin's creed 2 and assassin's creed 3 um brotherhood and revelations that I'm pretty sure are just going to be more of the same, uh, and there's not going to be any drastic mechanical kind of overhauls to any of the systems. Also, the aren't you cheating by not playing the iPad versions? Um, well, they don't come out. Assassin's Creed Liberation HD is the first one. Um, that, that doesn't come out until Assassin's Creed 4, <laughs> so I've got a little way. Um, I don't really want to play the 2D ones. I am cheating a bit, but I think they'll just be wank. Are you are you paying attention to the story? Are you literally just is it like box ticking? You just want to complete them? Half and half. So I, I'm I'm paying attention to what's going on vaguely, but now and again I've rushed through it so quick I have to do a quick Wikipedia to catch up. <laughs> it's, it's much quicker to read through the plot than it is to watch it. <laughs> well, true, because uh, yeah, like the the. I don't think it's necessarily the gameplay that is the real reason that the second one is arguably the better one. I think it's because mm. it like contributes to the the whole world of Assassin's Creed because they got I think they probably got very lucky with the first game because it it was hugely tedious and yeah. and I don't think they'd really thought it through and I actually don't anticipate that they probably thought that it was going to be a bigger hit as they did and so no. like when they introduced the Ezio character like they kept him for what three games or whatever it was and yep. like I think when you get to the next two with him as the as the character I don't think the gameplay changes a massive amount as you've probably already guessed but yeah. but the story develops a bit more, and um, like I think I think that sort of makes the the sequel slightly better because you get more into the story. 
but but I think I think I think that's okay. Um, I mean, the the real unveiling in Assassin's Creed Two of the kind of vaguely Illuminati plot really comes at the end with a bit of a Deus Ex Machina, where you meet Minerva in like space time, and and she's like, oh well, you know, there's a wider picture to all of this than than what you're doing. Because you, bear in mind, you're going into this just after killing the Pope. <laughs> so it's like you've already made a massive impact in the local environment um, and they progress you into this wider picture. And I suppose that, you know, that cascades into another two games until you un unveil it all. And, and, you know, I've no exposure to it yet because I've never played these games before. But, I, you know, it's, it's all right. Yeah. It? Like, like a bit of an overarching plot and, and you know, the... There's, there's some quite, um, I suppose, passionate moments where, where he gets older people who doesn't, doesn't kill them because they don't really have anything to do with this whole kind of revenge arc and, and whatever. And he, he's quite likable. Although, actually, as you progress through Assassin's Creed 2, Ezio becomes um, much less of a character in and of himself and more of a caricature that you can... Um, you can push your own kind of thoughts and feelings onto. Because bear in mind, at the beginning of Assassin's Creed 2, um, you and your brother are just having a bit of bants and you're having a bit of a fight for no real reason other than you're just a bit roguish. Um, whereas you get um, embroiled in this huge Illuminati plot and conspiracy as you work your way through. Um, and his character doesn't really shine through, really, in the latter half of the game. Um, is what I would say. Maybe that changes in Brotherhood and Revelations, but it remains to be seen for me. Yeah, I think I think you probably enjoy them. I think also they they do a pretty good job of realizing that they can, because um, obviously, like the, the the actual story of what's going on exists in history as well as mm -hmm. present time. So they've obviously got two like strands that intertwine, which I think is quite clever. Or they may have stumbled on that again, but it's still quite clever. But they, um, I think they then, as they start to like move the, the time period around and the setting and what they do with um, getting you in a, an open world game that is essentially exploring a place that you could possibly have visited as well, is, yeah. is, is it becomes quite interesting, especially like, because you, you go in the second one, and I can't remember if... Do you go to like Venice and, or is it yeah. set in Venice? Um, uh, no, so there's, uh, you, you probably have forgotten because my guess would be that the later games focus on one particularly massive place, but the early games actually have individual maps. So Assassin's Creed 1 has three different cities and Assassin's Creed 2 has four or five. Um, so I sort of have some memory of like long horse rides between them. On the first one, yeah. yeah. On the second one, you don't do that. You you can pretty much fast travel between them all. But that was one of the frustrations of Assassin's Creed 1. It was like, you have to go to Damascus. And you're like, how do I get there? And you're like, ride your fucking horse, dickhead. <laughs> like, I'm miles away. <laughs> shit, I don't know where to go. <laughs> the horse will be pretty pissed off with me if I try and, yeah. try, try and go to fucking Damascus from, I don't know where you start off. So I'm, I feel I need to say something. That there's this podcast. I this is terrible because I don't remember what it was called, but it was by these two New Zealand guys who just watched the film Grown Ups Two every week for a year and did a <laughs> podcast about it. 
Amazing. Uh, and, you know, found new and interesting things in every single episode, the stuff they were noticing. And I feel like we're slowly morphing into that, but about Assassin's Creed. Yeah, but only one I'll of be, us I'll, is even playing it. I'll be honest, oh, actually, my, both my, of you are playing it. I'm the one who isn't playing it. Well, we've, we're playing opposite ends of the spectrum, though, aren't we? So I'm, yeah. I'm playing more latest, and Gary's just being, you know, proper 12 years ago old school. I can't imagine, like, so I'm, I'm working my way forwards, um, which, is, which would be quite fun because every game would introduce new mechanics and new systems and, and like, it would bin off the shit things, like, for example, all the horse travelling around in Assassin's Creed 1, all but disappears in Assassin's Creed 2. But if, if you decided to work backwards... I was just about to say <laughs> you that, would, that would be fun. Yeah, you... You would lose all the refinements <laughs> that you've got in the latest one and all the annoyances. Just, oh, fuck me, I forgot that you had to do this. <laughs> that, that's just basically torture. That would be horrible, I think. So as part of when I downloaded the DLC for Odyssey, um, it, it also downloaded three, Assassin's Creed 3, I think it is. Uh, okay, yeah. And so I started playing it a little bit and I got in, I got like, I don't know, an hour in, and I was like, fuck this shit, because <laughs> I can't do anything I want to. I'm like, why can't I just kill this person? <laughs> I was like that with Train Simulator. <laughs> well, why can't I just kill this person? Yeah. Were you, were you just, what were you trying to do in Train Simulator? I feel like this is, there's, more to, there's more to this story. Um, I mean, there isn't. It's going to surprise nobody to find out the thing I was trying to do in Train Simulator was drive a train. But it was just so incredibly tedious. I just, I, I refuse to believe that anyone would ever play this game. <laughs> so you basically went on a suicide mission. As well, well I was just... As, as, as whilst taking lots of people. I mean, like, are there even people in that game? I mean, there are passengers. As far as I know, they don't speak. I mean, I only played it for an hour, so I can't really say whether, you know, you, you start to have uppity passengers where you have to start having conversations that have, like, conversation trees or anything in, in that game. In, I suspect that you world. wouldn't have any of that. No, in the, in the real world, like, you don't get to speak to the driver, do you? Like that. <laughs> so you don't, and you don't I, play train conductor simulator. <laughs> Could you imagine? No, I've done like, that. <laughs> what well, you've, you've gone into the cabin and you've been like, "Oi, would you please well, derail no, the exactly. train?" Because I'm fucking bored. <laughs> no, one of no, one of my on. trips back to Manchester was on the Metrolink, and I was just—it was like proper, proper, ridiculously busy. And I accidentally uh, kind of did the emergency call to the driver, which is like literally the most embarrassing thing on earth, accidentally calling that and then having the driver tell you off for pressing the button on an absolutely packed <laughs> You can't. <laughs> well, at least you didn't get fined, because you can get fined for those sort of things, can't you? I guess. We also need to discuss the the... the the, the the hot topic of the pride flag being taken over by the NHS. <laughs> oh, is that okay. what that is? Yeah. I, I did not realize. Like, I'd, I'd seen the kind of conflation of the two, and I just assumed it was like, uh, you know, out and proud sort of NHS workers. I didn't realize they had actually stolen the flag from you. What fucking monsters? I want private healthcare what? in this country right now. <laughs> they haven't. I mean, you, you can have private healthcare if you want it, Pete. You just got to pay loads of money for it. Um, 
it's, it, they've just got a rainbow, haven't they? They're just like <laughs> rainbows are happy things. Yeah, and the problem. That's right. The problem is, it started off as, um, and I, I think I think this is why people are a bit like. I don't think they're. I don't. I don't think any gays are just like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? I think they're just they're pointing out the hypocrisy of some stuff. So it becomes. So what started off as kids who were not in school were drawing. Um, like pictures of rainbows, but actual rainbows. So they got the design, and obviously, like the flag is a fucking rainbow color f flag. So, like, you just, they were drawing the rainbows, and then they were using that as a thank you NHS sort of thing. Fine. And then. Right, can I just say something? Can I just say something? Kids are fucking stupid for the most part, yeah. my, my niece aside. Yeah. And, like, so no one's coming up, no one's coming up with that on their own. They're being pushed in that direction. Yeah, well, it was obviously a, a big... I don't even know where it started off and how it became a thing, but for... I mean, but to be fair, though, if you're five, a, a fucking rainbow is a fucking easy thing to draw, isn't it? So, you know, it's probably like... Well, you're hardly drawing that, the fucking Mona Lisa, are you, when you're five? Well, exactly, but, like, I bet it's probably parents homeschooling that are just like, for fuck's sake, would you just draw the most simple thing so that we can just film it and get it on bloody ITV news or something and someone must have come up with a rainbow and it's and somebody's thought oh that's dead cute and then it made fucking nationalistic press didn't it anyway so that's how it all started but then what's happened since then is because it's become and it's a bit like the clapping because it's become so so nationalistic and it's been adopted by like you know cunt face farage as a as a let's Let's do this and celebrate our fucking amazing, amazing country because we're the best in the world. Um, it's they've the, the, that is nothing to do with him trying to appear relevant. Still, yeah, with his oh god, that video with his with his shorts on and his like basically his dick showing. I I couldn't. Oh god, it made me want to vom. Anyway. Um, For some reason, I bet he's hung like a horse. Ah, oh, no, well, probably yeah, but I bet it doesn't work. I bet, I bet it's like just for show. You know, like one of those people where you you possibly have a bit of dick envy, but then you're like, ah, but if it doesn't work, then what's the point? Well, there's there's drugs for that shit. Yeah, well, I don't see them working on him because he's a, just he's fold it and jam it. Because he's a fold it jam. It. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the girth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, like, like to just uh, to just pivot on this slightly. Is the is the is, is the NHS thing worthwhile? Because it's mostly fucking right wing gammons who are doing the clapping anyway. Clapping. Um, <laughs> it is. It's not for me to tell other people how to, how to present themselves. I just sort of question the logic. So the way I would look at it is, for the last ten years, we've had we've the majority of us have been at least broadly supportive of a party which one of its basic aims is to decimate public services as much as possible under the guise of austerity. And so as a result, a lot of the people clapping kind of by definition must support this party yeah. who are kind of killing the NHS. I just don't understand the disconnect there. Surely they're not even all that supportive of the NHS because if they were supportive of the NHS, they wouldn't fucking vote for the party they vote for. Well, no, that's it. Like, like pensioners living off fucking um, like investment dividends, self-employed wankers who pay one percent um, 
national insurance anyway. Like all these people who realistically don't fucking contribute anything to the NHS. They're like, oh, well done, guys, for, for working. And most of the NHS, like especially the people who are not, you know, autistic fucking surgeons, I'm, like... like Artistic, they're working because artistic some, surgeons, Gary just said. <laughs> they're, they're working because it's their job to work and they don't get to close down or furlough. You think, like, the people who are working in Aldi, they're not working because they're proud of doing a job for UK society. They're working because their employer can't furlough them and they're saying, you have to come to work or you won't have a job. They're not doing it out of pride. They're doing it because they want fucking money. I must must say that I am really, really supportive of the idea that these kind of shops stay open because kind of, we need food. (laughs) We we do kind of need food when all is said and done. And, 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 yeah, and you you obviously, like, what's funny about people's judgment of of things being open or like their assessment of other of some people being at work and others being privileged not being at work is fundamentally it comes down to do you work in an industry that needs to, that is pretty much essential because like if you were had the luxury of just fucking off home and working from home how exactly do you expect people to survive if you're a supermarket worker and you you got to work from home it's not like some of it is a bit of a class thing, but a lot of it is kind of just like, <sighs> I'm sorry, you work in a supermarket, so obviously that's going to stay open. You can't be furloughed. That's not a class thing. Yeah. That's just the job that you got. <laughs> yeah. I, I would gladly pay more tax in order to help the people who are fucked by this stuff. If that was an option, I, I would take it. Well, it is an option, Pete. Uh, okay, shut up. <laughs> Well, well, you can ring you can ring up the Inland Revenue whenever you want, and you can give them money. I kind of meant we all paid more. Anyway, should we move on? Well, <laughs> no, just just let me finish off the the flag thing because I don't think I actually got to the point. No, sorry, <laughs> interrupted with like a bit of like visceral anger there. No, it's fine. I'll go. Uh, on mute. It's uh... a hot political hot take minute. <laughs> well, it's it's true. I agree with you. Like I'm not I'm, I'm not doing the clapping because I'm not a nationalist. But anyway, the the whole thing is all interlinked. But the crux of this whole pride flag thing is we're in pride month or coming up to pride month season. Yeah, it's gay Christmas. Um, so all the people who are massive homophobes and wouldn't ever be you know usually seen dead displaying a pride flag or they would avoid pride colours or whatever it may be. And now suddenly, instead of drawing a small rainbow like the kids did, are going out and buying the pride coloured flags and hanging them instead of drawing the fucking rainbows or having the rainbow design. So obviously, and quite rightly so, all these people that are like, hold up a little second, you homophobe, suddenly you're going out and buying all the merch and then trying to reclaim it as something else so that, you know, and, and trying to get the media involved as if to say, oh, no, it, this is no longer pride anymore. This is all about the NHS. Yeah, but aren't they buying... So they're buying the pride... They're buying the pride merch, though. Like, presumably that goes to charities. Well, it depends who's selling it, but I... 
gay conversion charity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take take Hetty's exactly. breeders. I, put breeders in a big jail and then convert. I them. think what's happening is that they've, they've got like proper church going grannies in a in a sweatshop sewing up loads of face masks that are pride coloured in the on the guise that it's probably going to go to some sort of LGBT charity when in reality it's uh, going and funding the Daily Express or something. Daily Express, like old-timer racist charity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, my personal thoughts are that, you know, uh, we should just get over it as a, as a community because it ain't going to last forever. But it is a little bit cheeky. Like, I can kind of see the point. Well, I mean, I take offence at all these people staying home all the time. That was my thing. Look, like, from from my point of view, I, 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 and by all means, shoot me down, Rocky. You know, interrupt and and just throw it down. But like, as ignorant as you know that fifty two percent of the population is, they draw a little rainbow. They they don't even factor into their fucking consciousness that this is a flag for something already. And they go, oh, yeah. Oh, just yeah, yeah, the NHS is great, and you know, like let's fund them, and, and it'd be brilliant if doctors and nurses got paid more. That'd be amazing. Let's do a rainbow flag for them. Yeah, everybody's happy. You're just like wait a f- wait a minute, you fucking retard. Like somebody already owns this as a celebration of of like their society. There's a lot of Native Americans who agree right. with that idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, um, it's just unbelievable, isn't well, it? But I, I don't no, know. I, 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 I disagree with the whole clap for clap for carers, NHS, whatever it is. Anyway, because like my celebration of the NHS existing is that I fucking pay my taxes for them, we, and I don't the, the I most... don't utilize it if I can possibly help. Exactly, it. one of the most one of the most embarrassing celebrations I've ever seen this this country like join hands in is the the major whatever his name is walking around his garden. He's got, he's raided hundred hundred million quid for the NHS and everyone's been fucking contributing it all. It's like all you fucking Range Rover driving gin drinking cunts could have contributed that money to the inland revenue whenever you wanted. You could have you could have given that money to the NHS, right? You let some fucking dude in a Zimmer frame wander around his garden for a week yeah. before you manage to do well, it. Why haven't you done it anyway? Most of them are probably self-employed and don't contribute to the fucking NHS anyway. No. What? Unbelievable. That that whole story was completely ridiculous. I mean, he's got a he's got a knighthood now, hasn't he? Or he's got a planned knighthood for when they get round to doing it again. And him and him personally, I absolutely agree that he should. Because of the the what what he himself as as an individual has contributed, because it takes a lot out of a he's a hundred years old and he did miles and miles and miles in his garden. So like, why not have a knighthood on this lad? Like, it's not like he's going to have to don a suit of armor and go to battle. Yeah, is it? but what I'd love to see is if in his I'd love to see that. <laughs> Brilliant. And him and him and him and Sir Elton John. <laughs> but to be fair to you, they they look like they're the same age um well one of them took a lot more cocaine than the other i'm <laughs> assuming did you watch um oh, i can't remember what program it was but elton john did like a no i can't stand I... it i just avoid him like the plague <laughs> i just everything about him like i hate his music i hate his voice actually i don't hate him personally because every, every time i've seen him interviewed he isn't so bad really but just i hate his music i really really dislike his music 
therefore I just avoided. Well, him. you definitely wouldn't have liked this, but then he t- he sang a he sang a song and he was like playing his piano out in the garden. I know, I saw it. Yeah, but he sounded he sounded he sounded like he was dead. Right. Oh, yeah, he sounded like he didn't have any teeth. Is what he sounded like. Yeah, so it was, and he couldn't pronounce anything. It was very weird. Yeah, because he didn't have any teeth. Te- teeth are a very, very important part of like pronunciation. No, I get that, but I think he was. It was almost like he was suffering from something else. No teeth and something else. It was like I don't know. It was. He's, he's, Maybe he was drunk. Well, he's possibly on drugs. He he was he was off drugs for a few years, so yeah. the world's supply cut up itself. Well, you know, there's not much else to do in lockdown, is there? So you may as well get back onto old habits. Get on the, no, the nose tranquilizers. Um, right, Gary, you've got one more question and then we'll knock it on the head because I, oh, um, I want okay, my hold, hold on. Uh, I don't know if it would be very funny or not, so it might be knocking it on the head anyway. Um, the other day, I watched Wishmaster. Do you, do you know of this? No. Like Nightmare on Elm Street 4? Um, a... a a bit. It's like an 80s B-movie horror where a genie, or djinn, if you like, comes from a, a magical gem that gets accidentally found and broken and grants wishes. But your Wishes. <laughs> wishes. That's how hello, he says it. Hello, Karen. <laughs> She's just saying wishes to herself. <laughs> um... Hi. I fucking gave you wine. <laughs> okay. Are you drinking the expensive wine now? No, we're drinking the cheap backup wine that we bought to avoid drinking good wine. So you're not swirling and spitting? No, no, no. Not tonight, Rocky. (laughs) Winky face. (laughs) Um, Yeah, anyway, it was an 80s B-movie horror. It was camp as fuck, and it was amazing. So uh, what is your favourite 80s camp horror? Oh, I've got one. I've got one. Uh, Right, it's a film called Teen Witch. Teen Witch? Yeah. Oh, I must know. I, it is, sure it I is know a... It. Uh, right. You li- I swear to God, you have to watch this tonight. It is one of the cringiest but most amazing films of all time. Mm-hmm. I have seen it minimum 20 times. <laughs> it, it has possibly the greatest scene of white rap in the history of mankind. Oh. Man. And it's late Who's in 80s it? Who's white in it? Who's in it? No one, nobody you've ever heard of. Oh, fuck. Um, well, we'll see about that. Hang on. I am the bur. teen witch. I'm pretty sure it's a made, it's a straight made for TV movie. I liked it so much that I've bought it like for real, real. I had it as a download for years. It, it is kind of, as you can imagine, it is about a very, very unpopular high teen high school girl who gets granted witch-like powers and then everyone starts to love her. And as I say, it just has the greatest bit of white rap. It's better than Eminem. I think think you're right here, actually, because um, the lead actress, uh, Robin Lively, starred in such classics as Karate Kid Part 3 and... Ouija, but she was a side character. Also, Wildcats, which was 86. So she was a bit of a... Looks like she was a bit of a star in the 80s, like maybe a maybe a Z-lister back then. But yeah, okay. That's fine. Uh, I'll get on that, Team Witch. Easy. Um, yesterday, I watched Kindergarten Cop. What do you think about that? Nice. I don't think I've ever seen it. Fuck off. Watch it now. Stop the podcast and start <laughs> watching Kindergarten Cop. It's on Netflix and it's amazing. It's not a tumor. 
Oh, I, have God, a lot, yeah. I have a lot of time for Arnie, all his problematic <laughs> stuff aside. I, I do, I just... Well, why haven't you seen his second best film, his first best being Twins? Um, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe I have seen it. I, I, I really super enjoyed the last Terminator film, whatever it was called, Dark Fate. It is, it is just... I mean, it's the third best Terminator film so it's better than all the other ones that have been made since 1992. <laughs> but that's not difficult, exactly. Um, I, can only, I can only tolerate that kind of bombastic, bombastic balls-to-the-wall bullshit action genre if I was introduced to the, the actual film series when I was a child. Because like all the other stuff, like Pacific Rim and all that shit, I just cannot handle I'm, I'm just like, why am I watching this? It's irrelevant. It's shit. Yeah, it's, no, I'm the it's same. It's just fighting, explosions, and running. That's it. Yeah, that Mad Max remake, I fucking hate it. It was just... <laughs> I mean, I think I described it at the time, because it was back, back when Maria was on the show, because her and I went to go see it, that I discovered something about myself when I watched that film, that I, I, before I saw Mad Max, I thought there was no depth to stupidity that I wouldn't go with films. <laughs> But it turns out that when a film is just a car chase, it turns even me off because I need I need 1% plot and I, I need 1% dialogue and it didn't have it. It, it, it. it wasn't about anything. It was about just fucking people driving cars. I didn't understand it at all. I don't think it was meant to have any sense. It's a- well, maybe not, but it, just, it could have just done with just a little... like. Maybe a hundred more words in the entire film, and it would have been a good film. <laughs> it's no Robocop, then, is what you're saying. Robocop's amazing. Of course it is. All of them. Um, actually, apart from uh, the new one, which had a different actor as Robocop and a terrible film behind it. Yeah, I didn't, didn't bother with that. But no. the originals were good. It was a, you know, a different story. The latest... Oh, I don't know what it was. It was just like, oh, some guy was a bit sad. They made him into a robot and a policeman, and then he had powers. Oh, I don't know, shit. And shit. then he remembered remembered his, remembered his past lives as a Native American or something. Yeah, it, although in crossover news, the latest Mortal Kombat game has a DLC, and Robocop is a fighter in that DLC. What do you think about that? Um, well... I can't play fighty games because any anytime I do play fighty games, you annihilate me mercilessly like 50 times in a row and I hate everything about it. So as a result, I can't enjoy I them. Know. They, just, they just have a bit of a theme behind them, don't they? Just like kick, punch, fight. So uh, films, Rocky, 80s, great B-movies. There must be one. Oh, I, don't, I don't know because, I mean, bear in mind, I was born in 86. So I didn't have very much of the 80s where I was... Yeah, I was born in 77. It doesn't mean I didn't listen to The Doors. <laughs> yeah, but my... my like it's a little bit different. So I'm a, I, I was an only child and I didn't have... Uh, my mum and, and dad didn't have a, a, a great deal of a back catalogue films for me to watch from the 80s. And it was all on VHS. <laughs> So well, you missed out. I did. You missed well, out. the only thing I was going to say was that I don't know any uh, camp 80s horror, and I haven't watched any, um, but, <gasps> but, but I probably should. But the one thing I will say is that I think one of the oldest films I actually remember watching 
was something like the Adams family, which I know is not nineties. Not yes, I know it's nineties, but it's early nineties, and I know it's not very much horror, um, but it is very camp. I've never seen it, but I actually gather that it's sort of surprisingly good and has held up really well. Hmm. Well, you, uh, Rocky, you, you need an, intro- an introduction to eighties B horror movies, like absolutely you need to watch the original nightmare on elm street you need yes. to watch the original friday the 13th you yes. need to watch the original alien like what is oh, what is your major malfunction i've seen i've seen alien and aliens uh, and a- I've, I've got um I've, I've got i've got them all on on dvd or rather blu-ray so i have i have watched the, Fancy the alien series but that's probably the only one i have watched i don't really think mind you that yeah i guess that was 80s but I wouldn't say that it was horror. It was more thriller. Well, my advice to the both of you is get on Teen Witch. It is one of the most rewarding cinematic experiences of your entire life. <laughs> rewarding. <laughs> I don't... I, want... I have seen it. Like, I can't remember it because it was an absolute minimum 20 years ago. But <laughs> I have seen that film for sure. I really want to know what kind of reward I'm going to get at the end of this. Um, yeah. Well, you have to watch it and find out, mate. <laughs> will, <laughs> mate. Will it, will it have made up for the last three months? I mean, I, I think so, personally. <laughs> it like is it's genuinely handy. in my... It's, it's in my top 20 films. <laughs> I can, yeah. I can, it's, I in can. My, it's in my top 20 films ever. It might be above The Godfather. Oh, wow. What's it called? Teen... Teen Witch. <laughs> it wasn't... I it wasn't that many syllables, Rocky. <laughs> what was it called? <laughs> uh, young... <laughs> sorceress? Was that it? I'd say, I'll just yeah. Google it. Young, young dumb and full of cuss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not on bloody Pornhub, Pete. Thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually searching the actual web. <laughs> Juvenile warlock. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Right, shall I read out the description for you all? Yeah. It says, high school, high school nerd Louise Miller learns from a psychic, Madame Serena, that she's possessed with magical abilities which will begin working on her 16th birthday. When the prophecy proves true, the teenager uses her new powers to get what she's always desired, popularity. After getting back at some of the bullies, the young witch casts a spell over hunky jock Brad Powell... But Louise soon learns that getting what you want isn't all it's cracked up to be. It's totally on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one Boom. of the great it's one of the great films of the eighties. So this be like a like a movie club, right? We we'll just watch Team Witch and we'll come back and report our findings. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I can, I'll watch it again before the next podcast. We I can spare eighty five minutes, which I assume is the the length of watchable. It's, one hour, 34 minutes. It is yeah, but absolute... 10 minutes of that will be the credits. Be yeah, it's perfect. Perfect 80s. All right, I can spare that in my uh, quest to complete all the Assassin's Creed games in order. <laughs> um, 85 minutes to watch Team Witch. I can, I can do that. What, what's, right. what's it called again? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. I'm not telling you. <laughs> Prepubescent wizard. <laughs> I think it's time to shut this podcast down. Say goodnight. Oh, what was his name again? Clungemeister G. You're a wizard, Gary! (laughs) 
Say goodnight in need of butt. <laughs> Good night in need of butt. Expelliarmus! <laughs> uh, Good night. night. We're now recording. Hello and welcome to the Big Question Podcast. My name is Professor Clungemeister G. <laughs> yes, very good. You can use that. You have my permission, I'll allow it. Oh, you, you give me consent, have you? Yeah, consent. So did you really start drinking at two o'clock in the afternoon? Yep, only cause though. That's um, barely fucking beer. Yeah, exactly. So um, as we know, um, I live above a wine shop somewhere in Essex. Um, and if people want to dox me and come around my house, I'm absolutely massive. So come along, we'll have a fight <laughs> and uh, I almost guarantee you I'll win. So <laughs> come along. Um, so I went downstairs. So I've started, um, I've started collecting wine. I'm going to have a, a wine collection of fancy wines. What do you think about that? Uh, I've got one of them in my house. Well, it isn't Excellent. mine, but um, it's the person I live with. Nice. Okay. Um, well, I just, I have, I'm too much of a wino to have a wine collection. I see. What I do is I buy other alcohol that I'll drink, drinking alcohol, we'll call it, and I've got keeping alcohol. <laughs> um, there's a very, very fine line between the two, uh, and I fear that the if there's an emergency, an alcohol-related emergency, um, if I start drinking the keeping alcohol, it will all go in one night. Because at the moment, it's only five bottles of wine. Um, and Karen and I can put that put that away comfortably in an evening. Um, and actually, I could put it away myself in an evening if I really Ooh. had a mind to do it. Um, I just wouldn't be very well the next day. <laughs> yes. No, nobody nobody would. Especially because um, it's red wine, you know what I mean? Like, like you're asking for a hangover with one bottle of red wine, let alone five. But yeah, whatever. So um, I've, yeah. got, I've got an array. I've got my oldest wine, which I uh, picked up today, is from 2008. See, right, can I, have, I have something to say on this. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think you're being strategically naive. That's fine. Um, here, here's the thing. So when I first met Lindsay, I, 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 on average, would probably spend about five or six pounds for a bottle of wine. Yep. And through her uh, influence... I, I've spent like 15 quid on a bottle of wine and not really thought a lot of it. Cool. And I, and I feel like if you have a whole load of nice wine that's just sat there as kind of backup alcohol, it'll just, you'll be, you'll drink it eventually and it'll start to give you a taste for the good stuff. And then, you, <laughs> then you won't be able to go back. So what you're saying is just have a massive, massive collection of six pound wine <laughs> and you'll be like, you're well, golden, yeah. Yeah, like, like I could drink this, but I've got 47 bottles of it, so what's the point? <laughs> no, I agree. Um, I've, my, my collector wine, we've got one for memories. It's only, it's only worth about uh, 20 euros, I think. That's our, that's our uh, oh, wine God. that we picked up on holiday. God, but you, we you live a European, don't you? I know. We really liked it, though. So we've got that bottle, not because we think it's valuable or fancy. We've got it because we liked it, and we'll crack that open um, for some kind of celebration at some point. But everything else, I think, is probably worth over 30 quid, and the most expensive one is 50. Um, Jesus, you're balling, aren't you? Well, I, I want to, like, that's the, that's the thing. I want to have it 
and I want to be afraid of drinking it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like I want it to be an actual waste of money that has an impact. Because if you've got, let's say I did have my collection of 47 bottles of six pound wine, um, I think like I could drink that whenever I want and I wouldn't really feel bad about it. Um, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see. I, I think I might, um, I might venture, once I've, once I've exhausted basically the wine shop downstairs and a few wine shops in the locale, um, I'll probably venture online and spend like a ton on a bottle. Oh, get, get, get on Naked Wine though. Is Naked Wine any good? I feel like it's like all marketing. Um, I mean, it is actually quite good. Mm. It's just, I don't know. It's like, it's not like the greatest thing on earth, but it, for, and I, if you buy like 14, 15 bottles of wine in one go, on average, um, you'll be spending about eight eight pound fifty for a bottle of wine when you do okay. it like that. It's but it's all bet. It's all like significantly better than the stuff that you're going to buy in your uh, local Sainos. And is it is it a potluck of bargain bin shit that they just throw not, at you because they got loads left? Not exactly. So they tend to have a range. I mean, you can make your own cases, but they they kind of have pre-made cases of. Um, of wine and you can select which one you want and you know it's it it on one level it's kind of i just found your flat by the way <laughs> <laughs> it was so yeah i i now know where you live that okay i mean it, well it was easy. always it was always going to happen <laughs> <laughs> that took me two seconds all i need to know is wine shop and the town you live in and i found it in two seconds oh, good lad. I, I can't see your front door but i'm sure i can figure it out Anyway, um, yeah, so it's a bit like um, I'm trying. I can't think of the, I can't think of a good comparison, but essentially, essentially, what you learn is if you don't spend like 120 pounds on a case, what you get is like three or four bottles of really, really amazing wine, then like eight bottles of pretty good wine, but not necessarily the thing you'd choose first. So is that instead of your gym membership, mate? I don't have never I've never even I, I have never even been inside a gym in my entire life. Oh dear. And okay. I think it sh- think it shows. <laughs> <laughs> kind of proud of that really. Yeah. Good man. What, what an achievement. I do you know, I go for a walk at seven o'clock in the morning. Do you? Yeah, every day. I run seven kilometres every day. Well I did eight and a half K on the cross trainer as well at lunchtime. Um, it's, it's a massive competition now. Who's fitter, Gary you, or you? Pete? No, no, there's no competition. It's you. <laughs> my um, my resting heart rate is 53. What do you think about that? Uh, actually, as an Apple Watch user, I could probably tell you what mine is, and I suspect you are going to have me beat by some way. Uh, how do I get to anything at all? I, I don't, don't even know what the uh, what like. What's the What's the market? Is 53, like, somebody uh, who, like, listens to the podcast is some fucking mental Ironman triathlete and their resting heart rate is, like, zero. <laughs> it's, it's, like, so low that it just beats once or once or twice a day and it's like, ah, that'll do it. <laughs> uh, I can't figure this out. Right, heart. Resting heart rate, 59. I mean, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, you're it's... all right. 
Yeah, oh, that's not too bad. I'm not, I'm actually I'm fitter than my body type suggests. <laughs> that's that's what everybody of your body type says, though, don't they? They're like, well, my test results came back, and I'm not dying, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> oh fuck! I turned the fan off, and it's already starting to warm up. Oh god! Like, I don't want the background noise, but also, I'm now basically wearing a water coat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fucking hell, this, this summer's going to be pretty epically full on. Is it? Well, if if we're in May and it's been, like, high 20s or mid-20s, whatever, it's been warmer than I want it to be for when I have to sit in my flat all day long because of lockdown. Yeah, well, I mean, um, the, the, the dangerous summer of two or three years ago when my garden just died which was brilliant because i didn't have to monitor it remember it didn't rain for like 40 days it was ace oh yeah it was the year before last yeah brilliant that was that was the best summer ever to i mean to sit inside play computer games and look outside <laughs> yeah exactly like, yeah which is which is like so people are like oh my mental health oh lockdown's really bad and that and i'm like is it i said it's not that bad for me i had a bit of a wobble this week oh Weak. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, for me, mostly, it's exactly the same as you. It's like, this is fucking awesome. I don't have to go anywhere or do anything. And I'm saving loads of money fucking in the process. so much money, yeah. But this week, you know, it's been, I think it's like eight weeks now I've been, mm. I've been working from home permanently, which is on one level great, but like, obviously, I haven't been, I haven't seen anybody in the flesh other than my girlfriend in that whole time yeah and i i i had i think i had a sort of breakdown of sorts with just the mundanity of it all i feel fine now but like yeah. at the beginning of the week it just started so badly 